Welcome to the Seriously Social Podcast with your host, Simone Douglas. Our guest today is mindfulness teacher Amanda Goodfellow from Agile Mind. She chats with Simone about mindfulness, misconceptions about meditation, and how social media can affect our mental health. Uh, So welcome to today's Seriously Social podcast. Today I am joined by the fabulous Amanda Goodfellow from Agile Mind. Amanda, thanks for coming along. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Uh, Can you just give us and the audience a brief overview about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm an Adelaide girl, so Mm -hmm. born and raised in Adelaide, Um, working now as a meditation and mindfulness teacher mostly in the corporate space, Mm -hmm. so teaching people, you know, giving them the tools to manage their own mental and emotional health, Um, and also working a little bit in aged care as well, teaching older people how to be mindful. Yeah, cool. Um, It's an interesting concept, I suppose, teaching older people to be mindful, because as we get older and older, what I tend to find is there's two types of people. There are the people who kind of actively engage in Um, expanding their life and their opportunities and doing things and then there are the ones that kind of default into a constriction of options and 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 their life in general how can mindfulness allow us to avoid that constriction or Mm. help us to do that it's really interesting and, and what i've found happens most often is that there's been a change in their life so they've they've, they've lost the mobility or perhaps they used to be really active or had Mm -hmm. some activities that they used to participate in and for whatever reason usually health or you know an injury they can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. so they're kind of stuck at home they become become lonely they become socially isolated and then there's sort of this downward spiral where mindfulness um, and meditation come in is that it's helping us to be more at peace with those feelings of mm-hmm. more of those sort of more uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. Um, as human beings, we tend to just want to avoid anything that feels uncomfortable or painful and pursue everything that feels nice. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of just how we're put together. So meditation can help us understand, firstly, that that's not reality because mm. there's both. Yeah. There's always both. Um, and that we can sit with the uncomfortable stuff and it's going to be, it's okay. Mm. Do you think that there's a challenge currently with, you know, that instant gratification society that we have, but also this story of when I have X, Y, and Z, I'll be happy. If I do A, B, and C, I'll be happy. I always think, I kind of think happy is a bit of a dirty word. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's a trap particularly for western culture i Mm. think i think we're always not enough yeah um you know whatever it is there's always something to be learned or gained or had um and so it's really a a relearning of knowing that we are enough in this moment Mm -hmm. um and not attaching a judgment to that whether it's good bad or otherwise or yeah. I want I want this or I don't want this yeah um but yeah I agree with you that the ha- the word happiness um I guess has an implication that it's something to aspire to and it's something yeah. that we all w- want to have but it's actually not reality mm. yeah life yeah. has everything it's not just happiness well it does <laughs> and I think um you know I'm a big believer in cultivating those small moments of joy whatever that looks like it might be 
you know, joy that I got to drink my morning coffee in silence, you know, or that the sun was hitting the window a certain way or, you know, someone was pleasant to you in an email. But I think joy or gratitude or whatever you want to call it, I think if you're cultivating that mindfully and very aware of how you create that for other people too, you have a much happier existence in terms of what you're doing in life. Spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And what I suppose I found interesting when I started to learn and become interested in it is that why didn't, like, no, we're not taught any of Mm. this. You know, it's sort of we're all having to figure this out for ourselves, which I feel was a fairly important piece of information (laughs) I would have liked to have had as a younger person. Yeah. Um, And... You know, I definitely think it's a cultural thing. I yeah. think in Eastern cultures they're much more um, in tune with, with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a lot more outwardly focused. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's sort of learning to cultivate that for ourselves um, can feel a bit strange. It can, yeah. Um, it doesn't happen fast enough. Mm. Um, not good at it straight away, so we can sometimes you know give it away I don't know how many people have said to me yeah I can't meditate yeah it's boring well I think too like there's and I don't know because I'm I'm very good at active meditation so it's I'm I'm passive like sit lay still meditation is uncomfortable for me so I should probably practice more but it's if I find if I'm doing active meditation where I'm in a physical activity like even if it's like the gardening or it's you know like running or um then it's much easier for me to let all the other things fall away is is there like a myth or a perception around meditation that you always do it seated with your legs crossed and oh my goodness like so huge Mm. I think it's a really big barrier for a lot of people um and you know some of the comments that I get oh you know do I have to wear my robes and yeah will we be chanting and um and I you know generally say well we can if you like because you know I quite like that kind of stuff but um mindfulness in particular is about just bringing your attention to the present Mm. moment and so definitely that can be when you're running Mm. or eating or writing an email um, it's just bringing your awareness to what with you're you. doing. Yeah. 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 Which um, most of the time we're not. We're in what's no. for dinner or who's yeah. picking up the kids. And and I think a really good illustration of that is the driving home, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you get home and go, oh, my God, I can't. I don't remember the journey. I'm not sure what happened then. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't there. You know, yeah. your, your, your mind is somewhere else. Yeah, you're definitely on automatic pilot on the way through. Uh what are the benefits of cultivating a mindful life? Oh well, I'm not. I'm going to butcher this phrase, but there, there's a there is a, a saying that goes something along the lines of a, a an unattentive mind is an unhappy mind. Mm-hmm. So when our mind and our thoughts are scattered, we're mm. generally less happy. Yeah. So bringing mindfulness to them to every moment good or bad Mm -hmm. and just being able to sit with that um, generally will increase our levels of peace Mm -hmm. happiness contentment compassion is another word that's you know people are kind of growing in comfort with I I think (laughs) Um, because that's also a big part of it is is feeling compassion for ourselves and therefore others yeah um 
you know, creates a more happy and peaceful life as well. Yeah. I often get asked, um, you know, how I manage to do all of the things that I do and still seem to be relatively well-adjusted and, and content in my life. I, often not as well-structured, the questions that I get. It's like, oh, my God, how do you do all the things? <laughs> um, but, you know, um, I accidentally... Well, it wasn't by accident, but I wasn't aware that that's what I was doing at the time. But I have a very carefully constructed happy bubble, which is, you know, like my entire routine in the morning is mindful, you know, doing all the, all the things. So I will literally, you know, the alarm will go off at 5.30 and I'll get up and I'll turn on the sauna, which I've got myself and it's like oh. amazing. And so, you know, that when that um, is ready, like I will get in the sauna, I will watch certain types of YouTube videos that are designed to set me up for success and get me into a good state of mind where I can be emotionally available to the people around me. And then, you know, I'll walk out. I don't go anywhere near my children until I've had the sauna in the morning and then I go out and I see the kids, um, you know, because then I'm not, what have you done? Are you ready for school? But I'm actually fairly chilled out and I'm like, okay, what are we having for breakfast? You know, where's the world going? How are we going for time? Um, the only reason that I worked out that I had a very carefully constructed happy bubble was, you know, when my mum first moved in with me. So should we share a house now? And um, and thankfully she doesn't do it anymore. But she used to start her day like with the world news <laughs> at 5.30, 6 in the morning. And so the challenge for me with that is I would float out into the lounge room very like you know and usually I'd put on some music that had the right cadence so everyone was quite calm you know um and she would start with Donald Trump this and the plague <laughs> that and blah 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 and I'd be like haven't I and I'd start I'd feel all this tension rising yeah. <laughs> in my body and I'm like what is wrong with this picture and I, in the end I had to say to her look you can't talk to me about those things in the morning. And if I give you the hand, it's not that I don't love you and I don't want to engage with you and have a conversation. I just don't want to talk about all those things that are external to myself, my reality and where I'm going today. Um, but, you know, so I did that. Un I created that unconsciously. But what are the steps that someone can take perhaps to start engaging consciously in that mindfulness if it's a completely foreign concept to them mm. and they have never heard it before mm. that morning sounds amazing by the way i do love it oh my goodness sauna in the morning mm. amazing um and a couple of things that you said there i think are really important and you know around the choice of what we're digesting mm. so you know that news and social media you know is is having an impact on our mental health yeah. Um, and because it seems quite passive, you know, it's just kind of always there scrolling mm. along in the background. Um, something that I've found really useful is first thing in the morning is not looking at my phone because I've got emails on my phone, as yeah. most of us do. So I don't look at that for the first 30 minutes. Oh, now, that sounds really pretty lame, but it's actually it, – it was so difficult. That's a long time. For the first like – and then I watched what was happening in my body. Mm-hmm. When I did that, I was so stressed. I'm thinking, this is insane. Yeah. Like, I'm so upset that I can't look at my emails on my phone. For 30 minutes. Thought, this yeah. is actually needs, you know, a I reason why yeah. I shouldn't do it. So I need to assume control over my domain now. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, things like that that work for you in your own life. Mm. So that's something that I've been able to maintain. Every now and then I'll find it starts to creep back yeah. and I'll have to just go, oh, hang on. Yeah. Back into the emails 
mm. from bed again, yeah, you know. Yeah. So just, just you know, kind of checking in. Um, also, and it will be different for everyone, but relationships, you know, mm. I think you have some uh, relationships that really restore and revitalise your energies yeah. and you learn and grow from those people and mm. then some that... You don't so much, but we are stuck in these habits where we feel like we have to or we're, maintain you know, them. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of energy, mm. um, and it's taking us out of ourselves and back up into our heads. Yeah. Um, so that's something else that I thought I did a bit of a bit of a spring clean, mm-hmm. um, and also connecting with nature. I think if that's another thing that's happening for humans, um, we are becoming sick from yeah. not spending time in nature well and not being outdoors yeah like it's i'm really lucky with the house that i rent at the moment it's it's a little bit of a cross between an australian house and almost like one of those spanish so like not in the architecture which would be lovely but it's got the indoor courtyard with all the big doors so you open up so the whole house gets fresh air like pretty much every day depending on how bad the weather is um but over and above that like it's so easy to stop the things that we know are good for us too. Like I used to go hiking at Morialta every single week, at least once or twice a week for two hours, you know, and just have the world disappear. Um, but I worked out just God, about three months ago that I hadn't done that for a year. Mm. And I'm like, when did that, where did that year, why did I stop? And it was just everything else became more important. So all these noisy things that you're talking about, so like my phone, the businesses, what other people wanted from me, mm. like that all became more important than what I needed to do to nurture myself. And it's really a trap. Absolutely. It's, and it's habitual. Mm. You know, we, we're kind of always just jumping to, to please others. And, yeah. and I guess that's how I got into it in the first place, you know, being a people pleaser, yeah. as many women are, I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that doesn't end well for me eventually. So no, I, like I had to kind of stop that. <laughs> um, actually, it's kind of funny. I um I was having a really I had a really good conversation um, with one of my other guests, Tracy Corston, and we were talking about just the issues for women in general. Not discounting the fact that there are issues for men, so I always like to be reasonably careful when I bring gender into play. But um, you know, the reality is that if you throw in, um, you know you're a woman you have children or don't have children you're going to get loaded up with issues either way let's be honest and then you have businesses you know we get asked different questions and there are different expectations in terms of how we balance all of those things like we really are expected to be the perfect wife or partner you know emotionally available there emotionally available and fully present for our children and at all their school plays and everything else that could possibly be happening. But the school will communicate with you 24 hours beforehand and everyone that your diary is booked out six weeks in advance. Um, You know, and then tick the boxes for all the business things, but then, you know, you're held to account and or criticism. You can't possibly have, you know, three successful businesses and two children that you keep happy and, you know, a healthy relationship. And so um, you actually start doubting yourself. So you go, oh, hang on a minute. Can I not have those things? Should I stop (laughs) now? Um, Do you think that we're ever going to get to a point where um, women in particular will just be allowed to get on with being who they are and doing what they do without having all of these people throwing measuring sticks at us? Yeah. I I mean, I hope so. I I think 
certainly for me, the biggest measuring stick was myself. Yeah. Um, uh, certainly that's where the, the compassion um, and that's sort of something I'm really interested in at the moment um, is listening to the language I use for myself. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rough. Like I wouldn't use that language to a friend. Oh, so yeah. um, I'm starting to sort of watch that and go, well, hang on, you know. Yeah. It's not really necessary <laughs> to talk to myself like that and, and changing that, yeah. you know, consciously changing that and bringing more compassion to myself and judgments on others. Yeah. You know, it's all very um, innate mm. and it's just kind of happening all the time. But it's well, nice to watch and it's interesting to watch. It. it is interesting to watch. I think too, I was actually talking to one of my other guests. I did an exercise many years ago in my 20s where I was like, I wasn't allowed to judge anyone or anything for 30 days. And I had to notice every time that I did and progressively pare back my judgment. It was one of the most painful exercises <laughs> I've ever gone through in my life. But it was amazing because it changed how I interfaced with and saw the world. And it also changed, like I ceased having an external measuring stick for yeah. who I was. Because I'd kind of got to a point the first two weeks I went, you really are a judgy cow. Like, this is not, <laughs> you know, constant. I can't believe that you've just rolled your eyes at that person's wardrobe choice or, you know, like, so it was fascinating. Um, but, you know, towards the end of it, you get to this point where um, you cease seeing people's wardrobe choices. You cease seeing, you know, people's body composition or the colour of their hair or you, what you start seeing is the person mm. and you start having conversations with people where you're really just meeting them where they're at. Um, and it, it kind of changed my like, whole way of being in the world after that because you just, you know, are free to start conversations and have relationships with people that aren't, oh, that person's much more successful than me or yeah. that person's, you know, much prettier than me or whatever it might be that you get saddled up with growing up. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think we're ever going to get to that point I would like to see it being a parent that we teach these kind of things in schools because as oh much as God. our poor teachers are loaded up with, can you please parent our children these days, like depending who you talk to. But um, I feel like if we could get to that point where kids learnt not to have this external view of the world and they very much had this internalised view, um, it's going to take a generation or two, but we would literally get to a point where we had a much better environment for everybody. Absolutely. And and I think there has to be a shift um, because of the rates of anxiety in kids yeah. at the moment is just nuts. Yeah. Um, there needs to be a shift. And I don't think um, the way we educate kids has changed that much no. since you know, I was yeah. at school, which was a long time ago, um, really it hasn't changed and I don't, and society has around yeah. them. So I think we're, we're definitely going to have to try and somehow get mindfulness and mm. self-compassion yeah. into, into children at a younger age because we're seeing them get really stressed out. Yeah. Well, and I think too, if we can teach children that they go home and teach their parents, mm. this is the thing, your kids come home and teach you all sorts of things you know, I get held accountable f for environmental yes, stuff. Yes, the recycling is you know, big. It's yeah. huge, yeah, it's huge, <laughs> and it's good because I had no idea once upon a time my children have taught me all the things. Um, but it's, um, they do, they, they question things. They'll question your use of language. They'll yeah. question why you say something the way that you do or why you've judged somebody to be deficient or otherwise. And I know in my house... 
Um, you know, I'm very obsessive about language because I think it's really powerful. And so, you know, simple things like, you know, one of the kids will go, oh, you know, I'm so shit or whatever, you know, like, cause I've just died on a computer game and I'm, and so I'll sit down and go, really, what is it about what's just happened that makes you a horrible person? Can you just explain to me, you know, what's going on? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I died and I should have lived and whatever else. I'm like, okay, so just so I can be clear. So you're playing a computer game that's quite difficult and you've inadvertently died because someone else playing the game that you have no control over at all has shot you or whatever it is, you know, like splattered you or something. <laughs> and um, and that makes you a bad person how? And I end up getting the rolled eyes, like, oh, yeah. God's like, okay, I'm not a bad person, obviously. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe don't call yourself shit because it's not very nice to yourself. So I think um, those conversations need to keep happening Um but, you know, not everyone has a background in counselling. Not everyone has, like, done all of this reading and excavated themselves. Yeah. And I think that's why, as parents in a society, we really do rely on the education system and the teachers to change that from the inside out. I agree. I agree. Like, not everyone is that interested in looking yeah. at themselves well, and their behaviour. And, yeah. yeah. And it's really hard. And I think it, and kids are doing that. It's already there, mm. you know. It's I'm not certainly not throwing blame on parents. My daughter does the same thing, yeah. you know. She puts herself down or says she looks a certain way. Or yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you know, you're eight. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's, it's fascinating good. when you see them and they've got that external lens. You're like, you're not meant to have that yet. I'm Absolutely. meant to have kept you safe from that. Yes, like to a degree. So yeah, no, it is. It's really um, a big challenge. I guess um, just to close out nicely, what. Um, would you say is like a good first step for someone who's maybe listened to this podcast and gone, do you know what this mindfulness thing sounds like it might help me navigate the world differently? Where do they start? Yep. Um, there's a couple of really good apps that people mm -hmm. would know about. So Headspace mm -hmm. is one, Smiling Mind is another. Yeah. They are both mindfulness-based apps. Okay. So they're not long-seated med meditations. Yeah. They just give you a couple of short little exercises. Yeah. Um, but essentially, all we're really doing is switching from our thinking back to our senses. Uh -huh. So if you can sit and notice the sense of smell, yeah. sound, breath you know the, the, the sensation mm -hmm. of breath pick pick any one you like yeah just notice it that just moves you back in yeah because when sense. you're connecting with the senses you're not thinking even if yeah. it's just for a second yeah yeah that makes sense absolutely um well amanda thanks very much for joining me uh on the seriously social podcast if you're looking to connect with amanda you'll find all of her details in the caption above and by all means reach out to her and have a chat and thanks again thanks for having me no worries. thank you for listening to the seriously social podcast see our website for more details at www.socialmediaaok.com.au slash podcast check the show notes for credits music used in the program and more details about our guests